Welcome to the Upward Call Podcast with your hosts, Raphael Valentin and Jason Tucker, where we guide and inspire those with a growth mindset to press toward their upward call. At Upward Call, our mission is clear, to ignite the spark of curiosity, nurture personal development, and connect you with a community of like-minded seekers. So if you're ready to embark on this incredible journey of self-improvement, hit that follow button and let's ascend together. Perfect. The Upward Call Podcast. Your journey starts now. As usual, the hare was bragging to all the other animals about his speed. I'm faster than the wind, quicker than nightfall, he said. No one has ever beaten me. No one ever will. I challenge any animal here to race me. The foxes and donkeys and frogs and serpents looked on in silence. No one would accept the hare's challenge. Then a lone voice rose up. I will race you, said the tortoise. You, said the hare, snickering. Why, that's a fine joke. I will dance around you all the way to the finish line. We'll see about that, said the tortoise quietly. Shall we race? The starting signal was given and off went the tortoise and the hare. Almost at once, the hare darted over a hillside and was out of sight. And the tortoise set off slowly, just plodding along. Soon the hare was way ahead of the tortoise. It was a hot day. He'd grown tired from running so fast. He thought about how far behind the tortoise would be by now, and so the hare decided to take a little nap. On a soft, shady patch of grass, he curled up and he went to sleep. Steadily, slowly, the tortoise kept plodding along. The sun fell slower, lower in the sky. The shadows grew longer. The hare woke up and stretched. I wonder where that silly tortoise is now, he said to himself. I had a great nap. I'll bet the tortoise is still miles behind me. The hare looked back down the road. Sure enough, there was no tortoise in sight. Then he looked up the road toward the finish line. Oh no, the tortoise, still plodding along, was now nearing the end of the race. And then the hare ran the fastest he ever had, but it was too late. The tortoise crawled across the finish line. All the animals shouted, tortoise won, tortoise won. And the hare couldn't believe it. And the tortoise just smiled to himself. That's the tortoise and the hare, an old fable. A classic. Classic. Remember as a kid thinking how stupid the, the hair was? You're like, yeah. dude, why would he even take a nap during a race? Right. I was like, I was so shook that he would do that <laughs> as a kid. Just to like, I'd forgotten the details of the story. Like I just knew the tortoise had won, obviously. Yeah. And that the moral of the story was that slow and steady wins the race. But I'd forgotten that the hair took a nap. Yeah. That he underestimated the tortoise to the point of, I'm just going to disregard anything that the tortoise is doing and just find a nice little spot on the ground and go to sleep. Right. Right. And that's that's kind of the, the ties into what we're going to talk about today is ha- the difference between having that sprint pace or the marathon pace. Right. And I know for me, there's been so many times in my life that um, I've I've tried to strive rather than just have a steady pace. Right. And I, I know there's some areas in my life where if I just had kept the marathon pace, I'd be way further ahead. But I sprinted for like two weeks. Right. Thought I was accomplishing something. And then it wasn't sustainable. Right. But I think I think that equates to burnout. Like, I think yeah. having a sprinter's pace leads to burnout, leads you to not wanting to do that thing anymore because then it's not enjoyable. If you're putting 100 percent of your effort, 100 percent of your strength, 100 percent of your capacity into this one thing and you're not seeing the result that you want to see immediately, then you're going to give up on it and think mm-hmm. that it's no good. Whereas if you took the slow and steady approach and just took one step at a time and tried to get one percent better or one percent accomplished per day, as opposed to trying to get 50% of the tasks done in that day, 
then it'd be more refreshing. You'd enjoy it more. You'd devote more time, energy, and effort to it. And you'd be further along. Right. For example, I got a piano for Christmas of 2021, I believe. And I had a marathon, I mean, a sprinter space. I learned a good bit in a short amount of time, but I can't tell you the last time I played it because I'd gotten burnt out from trying to learn the, the notes, the keys, the different songs, etc. Whereas if I had just tried to get 1% better every day, just tried to learn one piece of whatever, I'd probably still be playing piano today. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think the hair in the story just takes a nap because it's a hot day and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm ahead. But in reality, when we're sprinting, we take a nap because we're running way too fast and we can't move anymore. Right. Like, we fall and just lay there for a while to recover. And uh, I think that's that's the mistake a lot of people make is they just they got these goals and they get excited. Mm -hmm. And you know, like I feel like we've all had that night where you're going to sleep and you're watching videos about like waking up at 5 a.m. and having a routine like that. And you're like, dude, I'm doing that tomorrow. And you set that 5 a.m. alarm and you do it for like two days and, yeah. then, and then it's over. Right. Because it wasn't sustainable for you. Rather than going, I'm going to wake up 15 minutes earlier than I did today. And then just working backwards like that. Right. People don't keep that pace. Yeah. And there's so many things in life where I feel like I started but didn't finish because I didn't have the end goal in mind. And the yeah. same thing can be said about the hair. The hair said that he was just fast, not that he was going to win the race. Oh, yeah. Whereas a tortoise's mindset was, I'm just going to keep going and win this race. Right. So if you have, if you start with an end goal in mind, then I feel like it's easier to map out, to be intentional, to keep a marathon's pace as opposed to just trying to get it all done. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's so many things, so many hobbies, so many interests that I've taken, that I've partaken of and have tried to, for example, I'm going to go back to piano, try to learn it all, try to become a master pianist in a month as opposed to just incrementally getting better. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's about incrementally step at a time, one foot in front of the other, not underestimating your opponents like the, the hair did, but <coughs> having that angle, trying to cross the finish line. Yeah. My, my main example would definitely be with my health. Like I forgot what year it was, but we, we even ran that 5k together. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that was 2019. Yeah. And it was that year where, man, I, I got so excited. I, my yearly theme was the year of health and started in January. <clears throat> I started training. You ran one 5K. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, well, I ran a 5K and then the next week I ran a 10K. Oh, yeah, you did. You did. So I trained. Give credit where credit is due. You did run a 10K. I mean, I trained from January to March and I would run a few times a week. And like I was on it, man. And then we did that 5K. And I remember like there were people walking, passing me up. And I was at a jog, pace, like my jog pace. Yeah. And then I ran a, uh, a 10K the next week and it was so bad that like by the time I never walked, but I, I was going slower than walkers. And I got to a point where I got to the, I was getting to the finish line, man, I'm going. And there was like an 80 year old lady running next to me. And she looks at me, she goes, we got this. <laughs> and I even I remember. Feel, I feel like that had the opposite effect of what oh, she it thought did. it would. I almost quit right there. <laughs> I almost quit right there. And then the fact of that race the, within the first mile. I'm running. I was feeling good, dude. I'm going. I'm like, you know, I feel good. There was some lady that came up that wasn't even in the race. And she just was, sir, are you OK? <laughs> do I not look OK? And I was like, <laughs> I feel good. Like, how bad do I look? Yeah. Right but uh, you learn you learn so many things on that one. Oh, I did. I did. I mean, it was it took me two hours. I mean, <laughs> of course, I learned a lot. <laughs> oh, but, man. Uh, I was just and then, you know, after that race ended, man, I was all excited. 
And I was like, I'll start running back. You know, I'll take a week off and I'll start running again. And I never did. Yeah. Like I, I spent three months, but it was all a sprint. It wasn't something that was sustainable. And if, if I would have stuck with it, like that was four years ago. If I would have stuck with that, like it would have been, been so much different. But I, I took yeah. a nap like the hair. I still ain't got up yet. Right. So <laughs> that's something I want me to work on. I, I think that a lot of quitting is a result of not really having a plan. Yeah. And I think that the thing about sprinting is sprinting is done over a short distance, whereas marathons are long distance. Right. And sprinting, you don't really have to think much. You literally just going as fast as you can for the short distance and then the race is over. So to relate that back to life and sprinting in life is that sprints are meant to, again, be really fast over short distances where you're, if you're trying to sprint in something that requires a marathon, you're never going to finish that marathon. Right. If you're trying to run full speed as fast as you can, the entire marathon, you're going to burn out. You're going to, you're going to die of exhaustion. Yeah. Like you're just going to collapse. So we try to obtain a results in a year, two years, three years that have taken people 50 years to obtain. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that comparison plays a big part into it. Like not to compare yourself to others, but to just get 1% better every day. Um, if you intentionally map out and plan and figure out the things you have to accomplish to get to another point, then that helps in not burning out and not quitting the things that you put your hand to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like to even set goals that are like achievable. Like mm-hmm. I know <clears throat> people are all about setting those, those really big goals to have this like big vision for you. And I think that's super important, but part of making a good goal is it has to be attainable. Right. And, and I feel like gaining that traction is more important than, shooting for the stars right gain some traction have a long-term goal that you can shoot for but the next goal that you want to hit have it be something that's that you know you can do yeah because otherwise you're you're not even going to do that right for for example i recently started brazilian jiu-jitsu and how stupid would it be of me to think that i can learn what it took my professor to learn in 20 years doing bjj in two months of me doing bjj right But what I do is I go in with the mindset of, okay, I'm not going to get tapped out four times. I'm going to try to get tapped out three times. And if I can last to where the professor's only tapping me out three times instead of four, I feel like I made progress that day. (laughs) Yeah. So just having incremental goals, realizing that obtaining skills and getting to where you want to be in life is much more about a marathon than a sprint and keeping that mindset and just trying to get incrementally better, intentionally getting incrementally better and comparing yourself to who you were as opposed to somebody else is going to make all the difference. Yeah. What's it, what's an area of your life that you feel like you have gotten that, that pace down? Have gotten the marathon pace down. Yeah. Um, I feel like career wise, that's always been a thing for me realizing that again, I'm not going to make it to where other people have made it in 40 years in seven years. Mm -hmm. I think realizing how long it has taken me to obtain my CPA license. For those of you that don't know, I said in a previous episode that I'm an accountant and I'm actually about to take the last and final part of my CPA exam um, next month. So praise God for that. But realizing how long it has taken me to obtain that helps me keep in context of marathon versus sprint. Mm -hmm. Realizing that you got to go through all the testing, go through all the education requirements, go through the experience requirements, even obtain this license has helped me keep that marathon mindset, not realizing that again, I'm not going to reach the results that it's taken somebody 40 years in seven. Yeah. 
Mine would definitely be, uh, I would say, where I'm at right now with ministry. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been very big on, like, I've said no to a lot of things. I've been guarding that a lot. Um, I think one of the reasons people struggle with this pace is because they wind up taking things on just because other people want them to do it, not because they should do it. Right. Um, or even because they can't do it. And so they take it on. But <clears throat> for me, filling up my entire schedule is not um, is not the things I can do. Like, that's that's not what I can do. Most people treat it as like, oh, well, I do have time this day. I can handle this. Like, no, you can't because you right. need some margin. You need some wiggle room um, if you're actually going to do what you should be doing. Right. So that for me has been has been the one like if, if I can. I can say no to things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you know when you found a marathon pace is like you're saying no to stuff. Right. You're, you're able to like put boundaries around something. Because if you don't have any boundaries, you're you're going to be sprinting. Right. Guaranteed. And every like that's a really good point. That's some wisdom right there. Because if you don't say no to things, then you're never going to give yourself time to train for that marathon. Yeah. If you're just filling your schedule up and not really prioritizing training and getting incrementally better, then like you said, you're going to be sprinting for everything. Your life's yeah. just going to be full of sprints and you're going to get burnt out and upset with yourself and your capacity as a person's not never going to grow. Your capacity as a leader is never going to grow. So saying having like two to three things, keeping a marathon pace in versus 20 that you're trying to sprint in is going to yield more results. Right. Right. And there's actually a, a, a podcast to listen to called the intentional family. And they, they talk about this of how, you know, all of their friends and the people around them, their kids, they're having been on you know, 10 different teams and, and five different clubs and they're doing music lessons. Right. They're sprinting from thing to thing to thing. And it seems like it's a good thing. Yeah. But they've told their kids, like, you could pick like one or two things that you're involved in because we're going to be involved in church. We're going to be involved in this. And they're like, we're not going to have every day jam packed with things you're doing because that's not a good way to even train them up of how their life should be set up. Right. And they're teaching their kids to move at a marathon pace mm-hmm. rather than just do what everybody else is doing. Right. No, that's that's wisdom right there for sure. And I think that what has helped me maintain a marathon pace in life is coming up with like a, a calendar for myself. Like mm-hmm. I have my ideal week mapped out and I know you do as well. Yeah. And mapping out again, things that you want to be intentional in. Like I want to be intentional in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, like we just talked about. So I make it an effort to go two to three times a week. They have eight or nine classes that I can attend every every week. But if I maintain a, a sprinter's pace and try to go to every single class every single day, I'll be burnt out and I'd end up quitting. Yeah. Whereas if I go two or three times a week, develop skills, try to get better incrementally and enjoy myself as I'm doing it, then it, it becomes a lot easier to do. Yeah. <clears throat> I know for me, I, I know a lot of people deal with this is I, I don't know if it's the culture that we have here or like in the just as us as a country or what it is. Like just or like this generation, I feel like so many people get their self-worth from what they do yeah. rather than who they are. Right. And so they think like I feel like this at times that if I'm not accomplishing something, then that's saying something about who I am as a person. But what we do should come out of um, who we are, right. not the other way around. Yeah, I think that what leads to that is social media. I think social media p- plays a big part yeah. of it because you view your friends and influencers and other people in your life that are doing these wonderful, amazing things. And you start to compare yourself, like I talked about earlier. Right. And you're realizing that if they did this, this is a, this is, they've at, they're at this point and they did, they've done this to get to that point. Yeah. So if I can do these things, but try to do them quickly, then I can reach the same point right. when that's not true. You don't see the, the, 
the climb. You just see them on the, the top. Right. And I think that, again, leads us to comparison, leads us to start sprinting, leads us to burnout and leads us to shame and being down on ourselves and being having feeling of uh, worthlessness because we're not doing the same things that other people are. Whereas, again, it took them 40 years, 50 years to get to that point, And we're trying to do it in two weeks. Right. Which is not attainable. Yeah. And we, we just compare ourselves so much. And we think if I'm not doing something, then I am nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Like no. No, nothing. I'm trying to think about it. I don't think there's anything in scripture. Like all of our identity is based on that. We've been adopted in that. We're co-heirs with Christ. Right. There's nothing we did to earn that. Um, there's, but everything we do is birthed out of, out of that, right. that I'm, I'm his son. I'm a co-heir with Christ. I've, I've been equipped and empowered to go do these things. Yeah. I don't do those things so that I can be this. Everything I do comes out of my identity. Right. I don't do things so that I can have an identity. And I think a lot of people, they're, they're striving to be something or be somebody or, or look a certain way. But that's, that's not why we should be striving to do things. Right. And it's so easy, like you think about the tortoise and the hare. There was quite a while while the tortoise was going that it looked like the, ha- like the hare was further ahead. Right. Like, and as us, like the tortoise didn't have the ability to sprint, but we do. We get to look at the, that person that's way ahead of us and say, I need to sprint to where they're at. Right. But we don't see like the burnout that's waiting along for us. Right. If we don't just keep that steady pace. Right. A scripture I'm reminded of as you were talking is Philippians. It's in Philippians chapter two. It says, for we are God's masterpiece mm-hmm. created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good things he had planned for us long ago. Yeah. So that scripture starts with value. Here's right. your value. You're the masterpiece. Now go and do these things that I planned for you. Right. Not go and do these things I planned for you. Then you'll be a masterpiece. Right. Yeah. So you have to operate from a place of value because you are valuable versus you're not valuable based on what you do. Right. Yeah. That's a huge lesson that I, I wish I would have learned a long time ago. Right. Cause I didn't realize that's what I was doing, mm-hmm. but it definitely was. And I think there's pressure on young people a lot yeah. to like go out and find something to do, make something of yourself, go and accomplish, take over the world. Yeah. And so I feel like as a young person, you feel pressure from, the older generation to go out and accomplish things and you want to accomplish things. You have things to accomplish. You have things set before you that you need to accomplish. But I think again, having that pressure forces you to sprint, forces you to try to take on things that you shouldn't take on, forces you to try and fill your schedule, forces you to not prepare for marathons and try to sprint. Right. So, yeah, well, I want to get into a few things of how to keep a marathon pace. Um, and the first thing would be, have a big vision for your life and everything else should be filtered through that because it, it gives you a, having a clear vision of where you want to go gives you a really clear way to know the things you should be doing and the things you shouldn't be doing. Right. Um, especially people that are, you know, you, you've been like doing personal development for a long time. You've been leading yourself. Well, there's going to be so many opportunities of things you could do. Right. But you're, the job at that point is to narrow it down of what should I be doing? What am I being called to do? Um, what would you say is, is like the vision that kind of grounds you and like what you do? I definitely feel like I need to develop it a little bit more, but I often think of the word impact and meditate on that word impact. Mm-hmm. So just being, just making it like leaving the mark, yeah. being the biggest <clears throat> impact that I can be, make the most of the tools that I have in my hand. I think recently I've had a burden for, like younger adults 
because I remember being a young adult and not really knowing which direction to take or what path to go. I think if I didn't choose the career path that I chose and that I'd be like semi lost in that area of life, Mm -hmm. I got to know anything about finances, buying a car, buying a house, insurances, um, just everyday things that you should know as an adult. And so trying to train and equip people in that area and also spiritually to, to lead and to guide and just to make an impact, just to have people say that I'm a better person because of what rap has done for me, because I know rap, I'm a better person. And if I can encounter everyone, have them have that conclusion of me, then I realize that the impact that I made is, is worth it. That what I've done to do that is, was worth everything I had to sacrifice worth the, the planning and the marathon and the training etc. Yeah. How about yourself? Um, mine is definitely kind of ties to the moment I shared on last podcast, uh, but just making more labors, everything I do filter through that. If it's not, if it's not making more labors, um, even the things that like, I don't want to do, but I need to do like really, you know, we all have those things in our life. You just got, you got to do them. Mm -hmm. And even those things I'm trying to think, all right, how can I make labors in this? Even the things I find fun, like I love fishing. How can I make labors while I'm fishing? Well, I've tried to bring some people fishing with me, and now I got a captive audience for like six hours. They can't yeah. even get away if they right. want to. So where are they gonna go? Where are they gonna go? <laughs> yeah. You either drown or you listen. Yeah. You know? So what I gotta say, and uh, so like just filtering everything through that has been huge. And then the second thing that I found really helpful is to take inventory of what you currently do to see if there's things in there that you shouldn't be, you know, like another moment I didn't share last podcast was I was, um, my wife asked me on the way to youth service one night, how are you? And I was like, started thinking about it. I realized I wasn't okay. And I didn't really even know I was. Did you give her the generic? I'm good. I'm all right. (laughs) Oh, you just like immediately went to like the depth of your mind. No, I said, don't ask me that question right now. (laughs) Ask me after service. Cause I'm I'm ready to go preach. I'm just like, I'm sprinting. That's what I was doing. And then she realized, she asked me, are you tired? Basically, you know, are you tired from the sprint? And I hadn't even thought about that. I was sprinting and now I got to think about it. So we do the service and we get done service. And uh, she was so about that question. And I was like, I am not okay. I've been like, basically I had been sprinting and she's like, why don't you list out, you know, all the big areas, big projects you have going on right now, businesses, ministries, all of these things. I'm like, it's not really that much. She's like, write them up. So, and even I was, she typed them all. I said them. And I said, all right, how many was that? She looked, she said, eight. There was eight, like, things that were big, like, businesses, ministry, whole ministries, like, big things, not just little right. things. And I was like, dang, that is a lot of stuff. And I, she's like, we got to cut back on this. And I'm thinking she's going to say, get rid of two. She was, I need you to get rid of half. <laughs> and I was, in my mind, I'm like, there ain't no way I can do this. <clears throat> but eventually I did. Right. And it, it got me back on that marathon pace. And so... Um, can you imagine trying to do eight 100-yard sprints? Back to back to back to back. Because that's what I'm thinking of as you. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the equivalent, like. Yeah. Abstractly to what we're talking about. Like you're trying to do eight sprints at the same time. I did that in high school and I threw up. (laughs) (laughs) After one. (laughs) (laughs) That old old lady out there. (laughs) Are you good? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I think that's a great point because taking inventory of what you do is just being intentional. And Mm -hmm. the more intentional you are with mapping out your day, filtering your days through your vision is going to allow you to accomplish more versus I don't really have a vision for my life. I'm not really intentional in in tracking my days. I'm without a vision. So 
the Bible says people without a vision will perish or the lack of vision will call, cause perishing. And so taking inventory is, is a big part of maintaining a marathoner's pace because like I mentioned earlier, like we both have our ideal weeks mapped out. And I think yeah. that's what I operate off of my ideal week and any diversions from that should be accounted for in my mind. Right. Like there's never, I don't think I've done everything that I have on my ideal week, any given week, but I know yeah. that whatever I diverge or, or, um, divert from my schedule, like there's a, there's a reason for it. Right. Yeah. That's huge to be intentional in that way, you know, and the, the things that I cut out, they were good things. Mm-hmm. They were godly things. They were, they were helping people. They were, right. you know, but I can't do all things. And if you try to do everything, you wind up not doing anything because yeah. you just burn out on all right. that stuff. And I think, again, to go back to the dilemma of the young people, we have pressures to accomplish things. And I think that my pressure comes from myself. I feel like I'm my, my biggest critic. So when I pick things up and don't finish them, I'm so hard on myself that yeah. it makes me not want to do anything. Yeah. Or even when I'm trying to sprint 30 different sprints, I get burnt out to where I just want to drop everything. Yeah. There are periods of life where I've just like secluded myself and haven't done anything because I've been tied up trying to do 30 sprints as opposed to three marathons. Yeah. So great I points. Think, I think the, you know, like I heard, I don't know if I heard on a podcast or somebody told me they were like, you got to give yourself permission to not finish a book if it's not good. And, and I, I don't know. Dude, I, that would be so course. hard for me, man. That would be so like, hard for me. Like, of course, if I'm halfway through the book and I'm like, dang, this is terrible. I'm not getting anything out of it. Why wouldn't I want to stop it? Yeah. And, uh, but, but there's just like a mechanism in your mind. Like, man, I have to finish I, this. Yeah. But it, it's the same way. Like areas of life, just cause you start something doesn't mean you have to finish it. Maybe you shouldn't have started it in the first place. Right. And, uh, but three, three questions that really helped me. And this is something even with our, uh, discipleship stuff at the church that, that I always walk people through is, is there anything that you should keep doing something you should start doing or anything you should stop doing? And I think sitting back maybe monthly or quarterly, just personally to say, you know, to reflect on that. And even when, um, I do that with, with my wife as well. Like I'll tell her, like when we will go on a date, we'll ask each other those questions. Is there anything we should stop doing, keep doing or start doing that, that we need to change? Yeah. And that frame is, has really helped us of, uh, to really give ourselves permission to say, no, there are things that I should stop doing. Right. I think that's the hardest part for growth minded people is you want to just do all the things right. you should, you got to stop some stuff. Yeah, those are some great questions. So take inventory for sure. Keep doing, start doing, stop doing. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is is uh, about how to keep a marathon pace is be intentional with every area, not just the work stuff. And uh, I think it's easy to be intentional about work or the things you're passionate about, but every area of your life, you got to be intentional. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I see neglected the most is people don't aren't intentional with their rest. They're not intentional with making sure they can take take a break. Yeah. Take a Sabbath. That's a biblical principle. Something that I am reminded of reading this point is our friend Brady. He <laughs> works for the New Orleans Saints. So during the season, he works like 14 days in a row sometimes. Yeah. And I remember one specific time I asked him to hang out and he sent me a, a screenshot of his calendar. And the only thing on his calendar was rest that day. He's like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> he literally had it blocked from like 7 a.m. to like 5 p.m. It was just rest. <laughs> That's so good. I've heard of a pastor doing that. He, he went to schedule a meeting with somebody and he said, hey, can, you, can we get lunch Thursday? And he said, no, I can't. I'm doing nothing. On Thursday, he's like, yeah, so you can get lunch. And he sent him a picture of his calendar and he had the word nothing. He's like, no, yeah. I scheduled 
nothing on this day. Right. And I think that's that's so important to do. That's such an intentional, that's a biblical principle we've been given. Right. You know, I don't think it's like, it's it's a law, but it's a biblical principle where it's like, you should be taking rest. Right. And again, to go back to what you mentioned earlier about growth-minded people, that's so hard for us to rest mm-hmm. because we're trying to get better. We're trying to maintain, we're trying to better ourselves daily and increase in our capacity. So it's hard for us to just step back and take a break. Yeah. But again, mm-hmm. if you're training for a 30-mile marathon, you're not going to run full speed. You're going to take rest. You're going to take breaks. You're going to slow down some. You're going to right. going to eat an orange slice. Right. <laughs> Is that what you did? Drink some water. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> there's a, there's a uh, I think it's Abraham Lincoln quote where he's like, if you give me an hour to cut down a tree, I'm going to spend the first 45 minutes sharpening the axe. And I think that's what rest is, right. sharpening the axe. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just, you, so people try to spend the whole hour just chopping at the tree with a blunt axe and right. they're not as effective. Yeah. And uh, the three areas that, um, <clears throat> to make sure you're resting, because usually when you talk about rest, people think physically, but also got to be making sure we're resting spiritually and emotionally and being refreshed by those things. Right. When I go fishing, I don't rest physically. That's exhausting. Being out there in the heat and all that. But emotionally, yeah. it's a huge rest. I get to turn my brain off and just go out there and do it. Yeah. I think that's two of the most underrated aspects of rest is emotionally and spiritually because yeah. you have to set aside, set aside time in your week to literally think about nothing. Mm-hmm. There are times where I'm resting on my couch and if thoughts pop into my head, I intentionally try to rid my head of those thoughts yeah. to where I'm, I'm just blank-minded as right. I'll get out. Like I'm just trying to not – I'm intentionally not thinking about things. Yes. Because throughout the week, my mind is flooded with – thoughts of, oh, I could have did this. I should do this. I could have done this better. I need to improve here. I need to do that. Whereas again, once I take those moments in the week to just not literally think about anything, it's refreshing. Yeah. And spiritually too, like the importance of, of just having devotion time and a devotion time. That's not calling down fire from heaven for an hour. Like that's good. And that's like, those times happen, but there needs to be some time, (laughs) at least occasionally that you're just sitting still. Mm Mm-hmm. You're just, you're just still, you get letting him pour into you, you're reading the word, right. getting that in you. And it's not, you know, in the car while you're dropping five kids off to school. It's not while it's great. Like Jesus says, when we pray, go into the secret place and shut the door. Right. And the father's waiting for you there. Right. And that's, there's a, there's an element of like stillness that should happen where you're like just sitting in that and refreshing where you, where you're not just spreading the whole day. You're sitting down to like read right. a little bit. I'm reminded of Matthew chapter chapter 11, where Jesus says, come to me, all who are heavy burdened and weary, and I'll give you rest. Yeah. So an, a great aspect of Jesus and Christianity as a whole is rest. Yeah. I'm reminded again of, I think it's Isaiah chapter 53. I could be wrong, but it mentions Jesus being the wonderful counselor mm-hmm. to where he just, he wants to hear your problems. He wants you to just sit there. I'm reminded of like, the counselor's perspective where the client is just sitting there in a chair <laughs> reclined and just like yeah. restful and peaceful. And yeah. that's an aspect of Jesus that is oftentimes overlooked because he wants you to be peaceful in his presence. He wants you to sit back, recline and let you, and have you tell him about your problems so that he can help. Right. So, yeah, that's good stuff. I know, I know you said you do that idea week. Is there anything else you do to make sure you're being intentional? Yeah, obviously devotion. Um, I try to do devotion first thing in the morning when I wake up. And then also, I think something that's helped me out a lot is instead of going on social media at night, what I'll do is I'll read off my iPad or my Kindle. Um, 
not only does it help me read books that I want to read, but it also helps me fall asleep. Because mm-hmm. if I'm scrolling on social media or I'm on YouTube, I watch two hour podcasts and not go to sleep till three o'clock in the morning. Whereas if I'm reading the book and trying to stay awake, then it's easy for me to fall asleep that way. Yeah. So some of the other things I have on my calendar are like content creation, like we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, BJJ, obviously I have, I do have rest. I have date nights with my wife now every Thursday night. Mm-hmm. I'll be on a date night. Um, Friday nights and Saturdays I devote it to like family and friend time. <clears throat> so just having that idea week in place, dude, has helped me tremendously. Yeah. I do all the same things too. And now even when I, when I start working with a new student with my, my um, scholarship business, the first thing I have them do is I make them make a weekly schedule and put in. And, and one of the things that's required for them to put on there is rest. Because so many of them, they're like, yeah, I'm, I got practice at school. And on the weekends, I'm working a part-time jobs. Like, bro, you need to rest at some point. Right. And I make them put it on there. And uh, one thing I do intentionally having in, in the Apple ecosystem is focus modes. Having like you're, you're big on the focus modes. Oh, I love the you're focus like seeing focus modes. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like because it's so important to me. Like it changes my. It has different apps on it. Who can contact me? All of that stuff. And like yesterday, you know, I was I was working late and um, I was in my office at the house, and I can hear my family. You know, they're cutting up, being loud. And uh, I remember sitting there, and I finally wrapped everything up probably around seven o'clock. And I and I like before I, I went to go walk out the office, and I stopped myself. And I pulled up my phone and I put on went from work focus mode to personal. And then I like put it down because mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to get a random email that comes through. I'm going to go spend intentional time with my family. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to be bombarded, even though I did. I worked late and they go to sleep at eight. So I had an hour with them. But that hour was not going to be interrupted by any work stuff. because yeah. I was going to be intentional about it. And how often do distractions pop up on your phone? Or just in life where you feel like you have to attend to those things right away. Yeah. Like if a client emails me, even if it's at like seven o'clock at night, I like I automatically feel the urge to have to respond. Yeah. Whereas if that focus mode is on and I'm intentional with that afternoon, then they can wait till tomorrow morning. Yeah. Like and it, for more for me, like I don't have any problem not responding for people for a while. You know this. Oh yeah, definitely. But <laughs> but what it does for me is it takes my mental space. Yeah. Where now I'm sitting there playing with my kids for 30 minutes, but I realized I haven't even engaged with them because I'm just overthinking, oh, I got to send that tomorrow. I got right. to do this. I needed to shut That's off. That's a great point. Oh, I'll just be distracted. Yeah. I think both of us are pretty terrible at responding to people <laughs> through text. And what's funny is you guys should like look at our text conversations because we'll have like a text that a text conversation that'll last five days. And when we respond, it's like, we like just got the text in. So I'll be like, what you doing? You'll send me a response three days later. Oh, I'm doing this. What are you doing? Two days later. Oh, I'm doing this. Yeah. Like we just got the text. Like, yeah. bro, that was three days ago. Yeah. But you know what? I'm glad people know that about me now. Cause mm-hmm. I don't want to be the person with the reputation. That I get back to you immediately. Immediately. Now, if there's an emergency, I will. Yeah. But I don't want that reputation because I don't want people to expect that from me. If I get a message, they know if it's not an emergency, it might be a minute. And yeah. now I, I feel comfortable. That's the thing. Like not responding. I read it. <laughs> I just don't know if I'm going to respond right away. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, just the last point here is wrapping up. Um, the fourth thing of keeping a marathon pace is have a perspective of decades, not weeks. Think more long term than a sprint is something that's short. A marathon is way longer distance. Right. And the life that we're living is a marathon. Yep. It's a long, I think a marathon's about 26 miles, something like that. And a sprint is not even close to that. Yeah. So we got to think in terms of what's the end goal decades from now, not yeah. just what's your, what's your, what's your uh, thing you want to accomplish this quarter. Right. You know, that's good. But what, 
that should be a means to accomplish what you want for decades. Right. So what I was reminded of when you read that point was Gary V. And I mean, yeah, he's not for everybody. But one thing <laughs> that I love that he always tells people is that you have time. Yeah. Like you realize you the average life expectancy for an American is like 82 years old. Yeah. And we have 35, 45, even people that are 50 are like stressing out about what they're going to do with their life. Like think about how long 10 years is. Right. Like you have time. Yeah. Intentionally grow incrementally and you'll complete your marathon. Right. Right. You know, you can think back, what's something you wish you would have started five years ago. Right. And just think, all right, the version of yourself five years from now is going to think the same thing. All right. So start it now. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Well, let's go to um, scripture for today. It's 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. It says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. That's the, I believe Second Timothy is the last letter that Paul writes before he's executed, I believe. And he's here and that's his, that's his, you know, I think, you know, this is one, this is one of the last things he writes. And he's like, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. Right. Like imagine being able to say that at the end. That's what, I think that's what the upward call is all about. Right. Is that he's saying there's a crown waiting for me, which the Lord will give me on that day. And that day is is the end goal. Right. Talk about a big vision for your life. That's the biggest vision. That's the upward call. Right. Is that one day we're going to stand before him and he has a crown waiting for us that right. we finish the race. Yeah, I would love to look back when I'm 82 years old and be, be able to declare that one phrase that I've finished a race. Yes. That I've got incrementally better. I've made incremental impacts. I've influenced people for the better. I've brought people into the kingdom. I've discipled people. I've finished a race. Yeah. Like being able, that would, that would equal fulfillment for me being able to say that I finished it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. But that'll be all from this podcast. Uh, how to maintain a marathoner's pace and not sprint the importance of consistency, intentionality, perspective, but let us close out for it. Yeah. So Father, God, I just thank you for this podcast. And I thank you for my brother, Jason. I uh, thank you that you've equipped us to be marathoners, Father God. I pray that you would intentionally lead us to track, Father God, that you would intentionally lead us to be intentional, Father God, that we would uh, make schedules, that we would have the proper perspective, Father God, on our life, Father God, that we wouldn't compare ourselves, but that we would run our race, Father God. Let us be the tortoise and not the hare, Father. That we would slowly but surely develop, that we would slowly but surely, Father God, utilize that curiosity to develop personally, spiritually. Father God, I would pray that we would recognize the importance of rest, Father God, that we would rest emotionally, physically, and spiritually, and that we would just be auditors of our life, Father God, that we would recognize what we should keep doing, what she would what she would start doing, and what we should stop doing, Father. And I pray that your wisdom would just be in us, Father, that as we go through life, we would, again, just have proper perspective and be intentional. Father God, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.